Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Stroke of the Sun by Arthur C. Clarke This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Greg Marguerite The Stroke of the Sun by Arthur C. Clarke Kill the umpire, the audience cried. And why shouldn't they? He was on the ball, wasn't he? Someone else should be telling this story. Someone who understands the funny kind of football they play down in South America. Back in Moscow, Idaho, we grab the ball and run with it. In the small but prosperous republic, which I'll call Perivia, they kick it around with their feet. And that is nothing to what they do to the umpire. One of the first things I learned when I got to Perivia, after various distressing adventures in the less democratic parts of South America, was that last year's match had been lost owing to the knavish dishonesty of the referee. He had, it seemed, penalized most of the players on the team, disallowing a goal and generally made sure that the best side wouldn't win. This diatribe made me quite homesick, but remembering where I was I merely commented, "You." should have paid him more money. We did, was the bitter reply, but the Panagorians got at him later. Too bad, I answered. It's hard nowadays to find an honest man who stays bought. The customs inspector who'd just taken my last hundred-dollar bill had the grace to blush beneath his stubble as he waved me across the border. The next few weeks were tough, but Presently I was back in what I prefer to call the agricultural machinery business. The last thing I had time to bother about was football. I knew that my expensive imports were going to be used at any moment and wanted to make sure that this time my profits went with me when I left the country. Even so, I could hardly ignore the excitement as the day for the return match drew nearer. For one thing, it interfered with business. 
I'd go to a conference arranged with great difficulty and expense at a safe hotel, and half of the time everyone would be talking about football. Gentlemen, I'd protest. Our next consignment of rotary drills is being unloaded tomorrow, and unless we get that permit from the Minister of Agriculture, some busybody may open the cases, and then— Don't worry, my boy, General Sierra or Colonel Pedro would answer airily. That's already been taken care of. Leave it to the army. I knew better than to retort, which army? And for the next ten minutes I'd have to listen to arguments about football tactics and the best way of dealing with recalcitrant referees. It was then that Don Hernando Diaz's name came up for the first time. I knew of him as one of the country's leading industrialists, but he had an equal reputation as playboy, racing car driver, and scientific dilettante. It surprised me to learn that he was one of us, for he was also a favorite of President Ruiz. Naturally, I'd never met him. He had to be very particular about his friends, and there were few people who cared to meet me unless they had to. I suspected that something was happening when I took my place in the football stadium on that memorable day. If you think I had no wish to be there, you are quite correct. But Colonel Pedro had given me a ticket, and it was unhealthy to hurt his feelings by not using it. There had been a slight delay in admitting the spectators. The police had done their best, but it takes time to search a hundred thousand people for concealed firearms. The visiting team had insisted on this, to the great indignation of the locals. The protests faded swiftly enough, however, as the artillery accumulated at the checkpoints. Then a sweating band played the two national anthems, the teams were presented to El Presidente and his lady, and the Cardinal blessed everybody. While we were waiting I examined the program, a beautifully produced affair that had been given to me by the lieutenant. It was tabloid-sized, printed on art paper, and bound in metal foil that gleamed like silver. You could see your face in it, and I noticed a number of ladies using it to make last-minute repairs and adjustments. I also noticed that this special victory souvenir issue had been paid for by an impressive list of subscribers headed by Don Hernando, who had himself, it seemed, presented fifty thousand free copies to our gallant fighting men. If this was a bid for popularity, it seemed a rather naive one, and surely President Ruiz wouldn't let half his army be bottled up in the stadium for the best part of an afternoon. These reflections were interrupted by the roar of the enormous crowd as the play started. For the first ten minutes it was a pretty open game, and I don't think there were more than three fights. The Peruvians just missed one goal. The ball was headed out so neatly that the frantic applause from the Pangorian supporters, who had a special police guard and a fortified section of the stadium all to themselves, went quite unbooed. I began to feel disappointed. Why, if you changed the shape of the ball, this might be a good-natured Idaho game. There was no real work for the Red Cross until nearly half-time, when three Peruvians and two Panagorians, or it may have been the other way around, fused together in a magnificent melee from which only one survivor emerged under his own power. The casualties were carted off amid such pandemonium, and there was a short break while replacements were brought up. This started the first major incident. 
The Perivians complained that the other side's wounded were shamming, so that fresh reserves could be poured in. But the referee was adamant. The new men came on, and the background noise dropped to just below the threshold of pain as the game resumed. The Panagorians promptly scored, and though none of my neighbors actually committed suicide, several seemed close to it. The transfusion of new blood had apparently pepped up the visitors, and things looked bad for the home team. Their opponents were passing the ball with such skill that the Peruvian defenses were as porous as a sieve. At this rate, I told myself, the ref can afford to be honest. His side will win anyway, and to give him his due I'd seen no sign of any obvious bias so far. I didn't have long to wait. A last-minute rally by the home team blocked a threatened attack on their goal, and a mighty kick by one of the defenders sent the ball rocketing toward the other end of the field. Before it had reached the apex of its flight, the piercing shriek of the referee's whistle brought the game to a halt. There was a brief consultation between ref and captains. The crowd was roaring its disapproval. "'What's happening now?' I asked plaintively. The ref says our man was off sides. But how can he be? He's on top of his own goal. Shush, said the lieutenant, obviously unwilling to waste time enlightening my ignorance. I don't shush easily, but this time I let it go and tried to work things out for myself. It seemed that the ref had awarded the Panagorians a free kick at our goal, and I couldn't understand the way everybody felt about it. The ball soared through the air in a beautiful parabola, nicked the post, and cannoned in. A mighty roar of anguish rose from the crowd, then died abruptly to a silence that was even more impressive. It was as if a great animal had been wounded, and was biding the time for its revenge. Despite the heat pouring down from the not far from vertical sun, I felt a sudden chill as if a cold wind had swept past me. Not for all the wealth of the Incans would I have changed places with the man sweating out there on the field in his bulletproof vest. We were two down, but there was still hope. A lot could happen before the end of the game. The Perivians were on their mettle now, playing with almost demonic intensity, like men who had accepted a challenge and were going to show that they could beat it. The new spirit paid off promptly. The home team scored one impeccable goal within a couple of minutes, and the crowd went wild with joy. By this time I was shouting like everyone else and telling that referee things I didn't know I could say in Spanish. It was one to two now, and a hundred thousand people were praying and cursing for the goal that would bring us level again. It came just after halftime. The ball had been passed to one of our forwards. He ran about fifty feet with it, evaded a couple of the defenders with some neat footwork, and kicked it cleanly into the goal. It had scarcely dropped down from the net when that whistle blew again. Now what? I wondered. He can't disallow that. But he did. The ball, it seemed, had been handled. I've got pretty good eyes, and I never saw it. So I cannot honestly say that I blame anyone for what happened next. The police managed to keep the crowd off the field, though it was touch-and-go for a minute. The two teams drew apart, leaving the center of the pitch bare except for the stubbornly defiant figure of the referee. 
He was probably wondering how he could make his escape from the stadium, and was consoling himself with the thought that when this game was over he could retire for good. The thin, high bugle call took everyone completely by surprise. Everyone, that is, except the fifty thousand well-trained men who had been waiting for it with mounting impatience. The whole arena became instantly silent, so silent that I could hear the noise of the traffic outside the stadium. A second time that bugle sounded, and all the vast acreage of faces opposite me vanished in a blinding sea of fire. I cried out and covered my eyes. For one horrified moment I thought of atomic bombs and braced myself uselessly for the blast. But there was no concussion, only that flickering veil of flame that beat even through my closed eyelids for long seconds, then vanished as swiftly as it had come when the bugle blared out for the third and last time. Everything was just as it had been before except for one minor item. Where the referee had been standing there was a small, smoldering heap from which a thin column of smoke curled up into the still air. What in heaven's name had happened? I turned to my companion, who was as shaken as I was. Madre de Dios! I heard him mutter. I never knew it would do that! He was staring not at the small funeral down there on the field, but at the handsome souvenir program spread across his knees, and then, in a flash of incredulous comprehension, I understood. Seldom do we realize just how much energy there is in sunlight. I've since looked it up, and the experts say that more than a horsepower hits every square yard of the earth. Those fifty thousand well-trained fans with their tinfoil reflectors had intercepted most of the heat falling on one side of that enormous stadium, and aimed it all in one direction. Even allowing for the programs that weren't tilted accurately, the late ref must have absorbed the heat of about a thousand electric fires. He couldn't have felt much. It was as if he had been dropped into a blast furnace. I doubt if even the ingenious Don Hernando realized exactly what would happen when he had talked his trusting friend, President Riaz, into lending him the necessary manpower. The well-drilled fans had been told that the ref would merely be dazzled out of action for the game. But I'm sure that no one had any regrets. They play football for keeps in Perivia. Likewise, politics. While the game was continuing to its now predictable end, beneath the benign gaze of a new and understandably docile referee, my friends were hard at work. When our victorious team had marched off the field, the final score was fourteen to two, everything had been settled. There had been practically no shooting, and as the president emerged from the stadium he was politely informed that a seat had been reserved for him on the morning flight to Mexico City. As General Sierra remarked to me when I boarded the same plane as his late chief, we let the army win the football match, and while it was busy we won the country. So everybody's happy. Though I was too polite to voice any doubts, I could not help thinking that this was a rather short-sighted attitude. Several million Panagorians were very unhappy indeed, and sooner or later there would be a day of reckoning. I suspect that it's not far away. Last week a friend of mine, who is one of the world's top experts in our specialized field, indiscreetly blurted out one of his problems to me. Joe, he said, 
Why the devil should anyone want me to build a guided missile that can fit inside a football? End of The Stroke of the Sun by Arthur C. Clarke Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hi, this is Bachelor Clues from Game of Roses, of course, and I want to talk about Club Med. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Hi, this is Bachelor Clues from Game of Roses, of course, and I want to talk about Club Med. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco, or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.